And on the note of biologics, we can move on to the next part then. So talking a bit about the treatment for eczema, of which there are multiple steps in the ladder that you can um, uh, consider. So as kind of like an overview, when you're treating eczema um, and we start with kind of, you know, medical management, there's things like steroids that you can use. So topical steroids and oral steroids. And then um, I'll, I'll give a brief outline and then we'll ask Naren to just give us a bit more detail on that. Um, you can also use phototherapy. Um, moving on to kind of systemic treatments, you can have immunosuppressive systemic treatments like methotrexate or cyclosporin. And then as Naren's just mentioned, there's also biologics. Um, and one of the key biologics in eczema is dupilumab. Um, Naren, do you want to kind of talk us through in a, a bit more detail on the salient points um, in terms of the treatment and using these different um, managements? Yeah, absolutely. So eczema is a chronic condition. And I think Firstly, to start with management of eczema is education. So page, patient education, and that might include parent education if you're seeing a pediatric patient, because it can be a, you know, it's a long-term treatment plan. Um, so education is key. Understanding as well of their eczema is key. Um, emollients. So emollients basically means moisture, essentially is moisturizers. Then they're, they're not um steroids emollients are sort of the barrier for the skin so we have lots of different emollients people with eczema need to use emollients daily for life essentially okay and uh, there are lots of different emollients but what's important to know is um the difference in emollients so you can have lotions creams ointments essentially and that's what the what the vehicle is essentially what what the emollient is like Lotion is the watery one, cream is sort of mid-base, and ointments are greasier. So depending on, you know, what, you know, they're not going to, they're probably not going to put a greasy ointment on their face, but you'd want them to put a greasy ointment on their body. So again, that's education is really important, telling them about the different ones. And they can use different ones. They can use an ointment at night, a cream during the day. So that's an emollient, which essentially is moisturizing keeping the skin barrier intact and that needs to continue forever essentially I always tell them that and then for flares that's when the topical steroids come on and the topical steroids are I always explain is the rescue is the rescue treatment so topical steroids have the medicine in them and these need to be applied to the affected areas okay depending on which site whether you're treating the face the neck the body decides the strength I think it's really important to have knowledge of the basic um, topical steroids, steroids that we use, um, generic brand name, whichever, but it's just important to have an understanding. So hydrocortisone 1% is the lowest strength. You can actually buy that over the counter. Um, Dermavate is the highest strength topical steroid. And the way I used to remember that is that Dermavate's only prescribed by dermatologists. And then you have the sort of in-between. So Umivate, we can use for the face, Betnavate and Mimetasone for the body, slightly higher strength. So I would have a read of that and just be, you know, know about the different, different strengths of topical steroids because that's really important. And making sure you're advising them on how to use it. There's really um, helpful information in the BAD, um, there's the eczema society website really helpful um, so those are the topicals 
And then you might also want to give them a soap substitute. So um, people with eczema are a lot more sensitive to fragrances, etc. So you can give a soap substitute. Again, there's various types. So work with a patient and with the GP. And then if they don't, so like Manpreet said, it's a treatment ladder. Topicals can control most people with mild, moderate eczema. If that's not helping, um, then the next step in the ladder you can consider is light therapy, so phototherapy. And phototherapy, you have UVB, when it's usually narrowband UVB because you, you um, utilize the most useful spectrum of UVB, which is about 310 to 312 nanometers. Um, you usually start with UVB, okay? But they have to attend three times a week for about 10 to 12 weeks sometimes. So it's quite a commitment. We also have PUVA, which is UVA and Sorolins. So think of this as the stronger phototherapy um, where you actually use a photosensitizing medication, which is Sorolins. So you either use um, take Sorolins as a tablet or you put Sorolins on the skin and then you give UVA treatment. So this is a slightly stronger phototherapy mode, but you don't usually go to that until you've tried UVB and not all centers have PUVA. If phototherapy is you know, not possible or not helping, then the next step is systemic treatments. And um, we use methotrexate, we use cyclosporin, Sometimes azathioprine can be used as well. Um, and again, you know, this depends on the individual, their age and so on. And then after that, you know, if there's, um, if they're still not responding despite the systemics, then the next step would be biologics. So the main biologic for eczema is dupilumab. However, we also now can use JAK inhibitors. So, um, those, that is sort of the management of eczema in a nutshell. And remember, when I'm talking about biologics and systemics, these are more severe eczemas. Um, so again, I don't want to go into too much detail, but just to be aware what is out there for eczema. And sorry, Manpreet, did, I, I forgot to mention oral steroids. Oral steroids can be used sort of as a rescue course. They're not a long-term treatment. I mean, we have had to use them in patients because, you know, you just need to get their inflammation down. Uh, but yeah, that's that's not a long-term solution. Amazing. That was so helpful, Naren, to go through those, um, the different steps in the ladder for eczema treatment because uh, it is a chronic condition that can present on a whole, you know, a, a range of of um on the spectrum in terms of severity you know uh, so some people have quite mild eczema and some people have really really severe eczema that like you said can be really debilitating and affect their quality of life so getting on top of it and escalating treatment appropriately and identifying when you need to be escalating treatment or discussing with your consultant you know is really important uh, to mention your clinical practice and um at the interview and then i guess just to wrap up there are some complications associated with eczema um one of which um, could be erythroderma so um uh, erythroderma is basically where you have kind of like greater than 90 percent um body surface area affected um and basically you know as it says on the tin the skin is very red essentially um Naren, do you want to add to that yeah, no, like you said, erythroderma is a description rather than a diagnosis. 
but someone can be erythrodermic for multiple reasons. And one of them is underlying eczema. So I've seen a lot of erythrodermic and sub erythrodermic where they're on the brink, uh, eczema patients, children and adults, and we've had to admit them um, because they can get very unwell. So yes, yeah, so that's a really important point. So that's why it's so important to control the eczema and have it under control because it can result in erythroderma, resulting in hospital admission, risk of infections, um, dehydration, you know, electrolyte, electrolyte imbalances. So yeah, it, it's one of the few dermatology, dermatological emergencies. And then I guess another complication of eczema, just to touch upon really briefly, is also eczema herpeticum to, you know, just to be aware of, of that um, as well. Naren, do you want to add a little bit about eczema herpeticum maybe? Yeah, again, eczema herpeticum is another one of the dermatological emergencies or urgent cases. And we, I mean, I see it all the time. So it's really, really common and really important to recognize early and treat early. So eczema hepaticum is um, eczema, which has been secondarily infected, usually with the herpes simplex virus. Um, you can also get um, eczema infected with the Coxsackie virus, which is the hand, foot and mouth, but I'm not going to um, delve too much into that. Um, eczema hepaticum can be extremely uh, dangerous, especially if it's all, sort of on the face in the periorbital region, and it can cause corneal ulceration. So it's really important to recognize early, take swabs, take viral swabs, take bacterial swabs, start treatment early, i.e. acyclovir, and get ophthalmology involved very early because they can be devastating actually and cause a lot of um, visual problems if they get corneal hepatic ulceration. Great. So um, on that note, we will conclude this first video uh, in the inflammatory dermatoses knowledge video. So we've spoken about eczema, things to ask in the history, things to look out for in the examination. We've spoken a little bit about the management as well. And then we've just finished on some of the complications to always watch out for. So hopefully you guys found that useful and we'll be doing another video on inflammatory dermatoses covering psoriasis.